Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Abuja, Nigeria and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show we talk about the German Bundesliga. The reigning African footballer of the year, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, has made a huge impact with Borussia Dortmund in Germany. But overall, the presence of African players in the Bundesliga hasn't been so strong in recent years. Unlike the days when the likes of Tony Yeboah and JJ Okocha sparkled in the Bundesliga. We speak to Germany-based Nigeria defender Leon Balogun. How does the world uh, see the African football stars, the the big players, the good players, because we have good players. But I think the hype is not as big as it was back then. Also, we have the second part of Stuart's profile of former FIFA president Sepp Blatter, as Stuart highlights Blatter's achievements at FIFA. And as we continue to build up to the Rio Olympics, this week we find out about Brazil's samba culture. That's all coming up. So Euro 2016 was won by Portugal with a player with African roots scoring the only goal of the final. Eder was born in Guinea-Bissau and moved to Portugal when he was young. He plays for Lille in France, previously with Swansea in the English Premier League. But overall, many saying it wasn't a great European championship. Portugal got out of the group stage with three draws and no wins, although you have to feel pleased for captain Cristiano Ronaldo getting a major trophy with his national team, and he was so involved on the touchline after going off injured in the first half. So there was an African influence at Euro 2016 as Guinea-Bissau-born Edda won it for Portugal. Right, we're focusing on the German Bundesliga on this week's show. The reigning African footballer of the year, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, has made a huge impact with Borussia Dortmund in Germany, although he may well end up in another country this coming season, with Manchester City among the clubs interested in the Gabon striker. But uh, despite Aubameyang's achievements, the presence of African players in the Bundesliga hasn't been so strong in recent years. Going back in time, Ghana striker Tony Yeboah was at Eintracht Frankfurt in the 90s, the same time that Nigeria legend JJ Okocha was there, Okocha once scoring the Bundesliga goal of the season. There was Ghana defender Sami Kufour at Bayern Munich playing for 12 seasons from 1993 onwards. Well, among the Africans playing in the German Bundesliga now is Leon Balogun, a defender with four caps for Nigeria. Balogun has a Nigerian father and a German mother. He plays for Mainz, who were sixth in the Bundesliga this past season, meaning that he'll play in the Europa League this coming season. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji met up with Balogun and first asked him about the dominance of two teams of late in the Bundesliga, that's Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, and he asked if that makes the league less interesting. I mean, you have the same thing in Spain. Maybe this year was different, but... If you if you uh, take a look on the last years, it, it has always been Real Madrid and uh, Barcelona. Same this year. It was those two where you knew one of them would make it at the end. Um, of course, it's it's uh, Bayern is very dominant, and I think Borussia Dortmund this season they played better football. But 
the difference be to the, between Dortmund and Bayern is that Bayern made the points they need to get to to um, win the championship at the end of the day. But me as a player, when I when when I'm on the field, I think that Dortmund their, their game is just you, you never know what they're doing. If their plan A is not working out, plan B is uh, coming to action, and you can continue this until Z probably. If you play Bayern, it's also tough. But 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 if you are very very disciplined in defending, you can, yeah, you can you can even beat them. That's what we managed to do. But to come to your to your question, it's um yeah, those those teams they are very very strong, and um, I think it won't change in the near future. Those two are they're very, they are very dominant. Um, you have teams like Leverkusen, like Gladbach, with the same possibilities, but it's just tough. At the end of the day, because Dortmund and and Bayern, they are they have so much tradition and they are in this position for so long already that it that it's hard. But I think the German Bundesliga is becoming more attractive for foreign players as well. Um, I think we we move on the same level as England already. The financial possibilities are different, of course, because of this big deal. But I think at the end of the day, maybe not now or in the next. Three or four years, or maybe not even the next five years, but I think in the future there's the possibility, at least, that these um, that this can change. Every time I'm in Germany watching the Bundesliga, I even go down to watch the Bundesliga too as well, and you find the stadium is always packed. <laughs> What's the secret? I mean, why? Why? It's it's amazing. I mean, I go to Spain, I go to France, but when I go to Germany, I don't even know when I'm watching a Bundesliga match or a Bundesliga two game. Why? I just know a commercial from a television TV channel. They say it's the strongest second uh, league in the world. Maybe it is, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just just this thing that people have about football in Germany. I think it's similar to England, but the the the, the culture of the supporters in Germany is, is a bit different than in than than in um, in England um, because they go crazy. They are allowed to do a bit more. I think you have always in every stadium you have an area where the people just stand, and that's where the hardcore supporters are. And yeah, they just they just love the game. They are just uh, for some people it's everything they have. If you go go to Schalke and play for Schalke, you always struggle because if you don't if you don't perform, you will get in trouble. Maybe they say it's okay for once or twice, but the third time <laughs> you're you're in big trouble. So that second division and first division, the, the supporters, they're amazing. You can't even you can't even put put it in words. Um, back in the days, we used to see African stars shining in the German Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Antony Yeboa, JJ Okocha. I mean, we've had big stars. But nowadays, we hardly see many of them. I mean, we only see Salomon Kalu now. And um, it seems, and Obama Young, obviously, the biggest African in the German Bundesliga. Is the German League a tough place for Africans to actually thrive now or something? Mm, maybe that's one, but, but I would ask you a question back, and that is who nowadays. Of course, there are some, but name like five or six big stars, African stars we have now. You have Yaya Touré, we have Didi Drogba, who's about to finish his career, I think, in the next, in the near future. We have Aubameyang, but even Aubameyang, I think he's not like Didi Drogba or like Okocha back then, or the other names you just said. So maybe it's it's also the question, how does the world... Uh, see the African football stars, the the big players, the good players, because we have good players. But I think the hype 
is not as big as it was back then. Because now you have also in Germany, I think they were like quite exotic. When you had an African player in a team, he was almost the only one who was from another continent. Now you have Brazilian guys, you have guys from Australia, you have guys from Asia. Asian guys, they play unbelievable. Sometimes if you look at just Kagawa, or in my team, it's, it's Yoshinori Muto. Um, I think the focus just changed a bit, which it's quite sad, I think, um, or the thing that is quite sad, that it moved a bit away from Africa, I think. And it moved more, and it focused more on, on Brazil. Because I know Brazilian, uh, oh, a lot of teams have corporations with uh, Brazilian um, youth academies. I don't know how it is in Africa, but you don't in Germany you don't hear as much about African uh, corporations or corporations with African youth clubs and uh, academies than maybe in Asia or uh, in, in Brazil. So I think maybe that's, that's, that's a point where you also need to, uh, yeah, that you have to look at. That's Nigerian Leon Balogun speaking to Oluwashina Okaleji. Balogun plays for Mainz in the German Bundesliga. So, Solomon, the African presence in Germany, not as strong as it was. Uh, firstly, who would you say are some of the outstanding Africans to have played in the German top league over the years? That's fairly correct, Steve. Uh, the presence of African players in the German Bundesliga indeed has uh, weakened over the years. But I still remember some great names uh, like Austin Jeje or Kocha, who played for Eintracht Frankfurt. And I also remember Tony Yeboah, you know, the left-footed player who's caught some wonderful great goals. Um, JJ Okocha himself, the Nigerian playmaker, was definitely an artist with the ball and he was loved all over Germany. I also remember uh, of recent there is uh, Mohamed Zidane who played for Borussia Dortmund. I remember him as a striker, the Egyptian. He's caught some, some wonderful goals also. And there is uh, Hani Ramsey. He is the first Christian captain for the pharaohs of Egypt. Uh, and he was the captain when they lifted the 1988 Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, so there, there is uh, that player. And, and we must also not forget, you know, players like uh, the Ghanaian Charles Akono. Uh, he played well for uh, Wolfsburg and also for Cologne. Uh, did well and played for Ghana back in the day. Uh, and, and there is also uh, Sunday Olise, you know, the former Nigerian uh, captain and coach. Uh, he played for Brucey Dortmund. He also made a good name for himself. So there's been over the years, uh, you know, some great memories that were created by, by, by a lot of these uh, players. And, and I also forgot uh, Sami Kufo, uh, the Ghanaian player who played for Bayern Munich. Uh, you know, they created great memories and it was a time where there were no, not a lot of uh, African players in the German Bundesliga, but the few that were there were really outstanding playing for their team. Now, uh, Balogun gives two reasons there for the declining African impact in Germany. Uh, firstly, that there are now so many players from countries all around the world there, especially from Brazil and Asia, and also that there just aren't those African stars in the mould of Okocha and Yaboa anymore. Uh, what do you make of that? I totally agree with uh, Balogun, you know, just uh, looking at the presence of Brazilian players and Asian players. Asian football has developed so much and so there's like younger players coming through. You know, that has really displaced the African player a little bit. In terms of, of, of skills and, and, and awareness and, and also in terms of 
football ability. I'm, I'm not. I don't think there is less uh, players in the mold of Okocha or Tony Boa or Sami Kufo. I feel we still have players that are as good as them. But remember, you know, the players from the generation of Okocha and Yeboah, I feel they have a, a totally uh, different mentality. They played football for the love of it. They go out there and they're very committed. And I question the commitment of the players that we get coming out of Africa today. And also, they're not very artistic as much as the players, uh, you know, from, you know, back in the day, from the 80s and the 90s. Players like uh, Tony Eboa, unlike now where, you know, uh, football has changed and football has developed totally different level. And I feel that has really affected the supply of African players to the German Bundesliga. And, and also, maybe a lot of the African players are looking at other leagues where they could, you know, get paid better. Maybe probably even go into China, go into uh, the Middle East. There, there is also a, a, a case of uh, a lot of the players, maybe you know the African players that uh, we've been producing lately, don't fit in the, the into the mold of the German Bundesliga player. Where the German clubs are looking for African players, you know, with certain characteristics, and maybe the African football leagues, the African football development structure is not really producing that kind of player that would easily fit in there anymore. Well, good point. Uh, yes, football has changed since the 90s when JJ Okocha dazzled in Germany. It's getting more and more technical. Well, thanks a lot, Solomon. Uh, this week on Facebook and on WhatsApp, you can tell us who do you think has been the best African in the Bundesliga ever. Would you say Okocha or maybe the reigning African footballer of the year, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, or perhaps Tony Yeboa or Sami Kufour, or someone else? Tell us who you would say has been the best African player in the Bundesliga. Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And have you downloaded our new app? If you miss the show, you can listen anytime on our app. To download it, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've got the app, you can listen to the show anytime on demand or even listen to past episodes all available on demand. So to download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at PlanetSportFA. Well, still to come, part two of our profile of Sepp Blatter and our look at the samba culture of Brazil. Well, now we turn to WhatsApp and to Facebook. Uh, last week, we reported on the exciting news for African football fans of English Premier League champions Leicester City signing Nigeria winger Ahmed Musa from CSKA Moscow in Russia. Lots of comments on this. We asked how you think Musa will do at Leicester. And on Facebook, Abli Osise says Ahmed is a fantastic player and his pacey attributes will definitely be an added advantage to Leicester. Ibrahim Shaigai Sanya says, looking at the success he had at CSKA Moscow, I believe he'll make a great player and add to his new team's success story. On WhatsApp, Gemo wrote from the United States and says, Ahmed Musa is a fantastic playmaker. I think he'll contribute a lot to the Premier League champions with all of his experience. Gemo adds, I'm happy to see African footballers moving to the best league and look forward to seeing them make us proud. 
Samba Anas in the Gambia says Ahmed Musa is my favourite African player. I'm happy to hear that he's coming to play in the best league in the world. He's a fantastic player. Lansana Barrow also in the Gambia says Ahmed Musa is a hard-working and creative player. I'm definitely sure he can make it at Leicester City. He only needs to stay focused and increase his hard work because the Premier League is very competitive and has no room for lazy ones. Good luck to him, says Lansana. From Malawi, Alfred Mdimba says Musa will perform his duties well. He's a good player. Saini Sanyang in the Gambia says he's a top player. He can cope with the pressure in England. Across to Sierra Leone now, and Alan MJ Campbell says Musa's signing is a plus to Leicester City, to Africa, and especially to Nigeria. I believe he'll do well in the Premier League because Musa is very fast and it'll help him to adapt to the speedy pace of the Premiership. His experience in the Champions League is also important for Leicester as they'll be in the Champions League for the first time. Yeah, that's a good point there, Alan. Leicester do certainly need that experience. And good to hear from Wizzy White in the Gambia, getting in touch with us for the first time. He says, I think Musa is a player who will fit the English Premier League easily because he has the qualities that every coach needs from a player, such as speed, fitness, strength and also scoring ability. And Wizzy goes on to say, thanks for your good work on the show. Keep it up. Well, thanks very much for your kind words, Wizzy. We'll keep on doing our best. Alpha Jallo in the Gambia gives a different view, though, on Musa's prospects. Alpha says, I think he'll only be an average player at Leicester City because the Premier League is not easy to play in. But if he works hard, like the likes of Sadio Mane and Andre Ayew, he will make it in seasons to come. And finally on this topic, Ebrima Amber Barrow got in touch from Italy. He says, I'm truly happy about Leicester's signing of Ahmed Musa. He'll surely make it because of his pace, strength and skills. And Ebrima adds, I'm also happy for Modu Barrow about his three-year contract at Swansea City. Well, Solomon, what do you think of Ahmed Musa's move to Leicester? Do you think he's going to be a hit there? Definitely, this would be a, a great move for uh, Ahmed Musa. Uh, he scored 54 goals in 168 games for CSKA, almost like a, a goal in three games. Uh, and, and for someone who is not an, an outright striker, yes, he plays as a striker sometimes, but he could also play on the right or left flank uh, as a winger. And he's very quick and, 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 and definitely can create other goals also. And people would be asking if you need to break the bank to sign such a player, what would he be bringing uh, to uh, Leicester, the defending champions? What would he, how would he be able to support a striker like uh, Verdi and, and play well in a Leicester team that you know we all enjoyed last season. Well, he he has a lot of speed, so he he, he has played uh, you know quite a lot and he has gained a lot of experience in the Europa League and also in the Champions League. And Musa is definitely going to bring that. And knowing that you know he's also young, he's 23 years of age, so he is definitely going to be there for a while and and help uh, Leicester to maintain that momentum. Well, thanks, Solomon. I also think it's going to be really exciting to see Ahmed Musa in England. We also had some comments on the final of Euro 2016 and a lot of surprise about the outcome as Portugal beat France 1-0 in the final. Obina in Nigeria says, against all odds, Portugal are the European champions, even without their talisman and magician Cristiano Ronaldo for most of the final. Edda had no right to score from there. It was a fantastic goal, says Obina. Usaina Nije in the Gambia was disappointed by the result. He says, I'm not happy that Portugal won. I wanted France to take it. 
And Ephrathar Kamanga in Malawi says, I predicted France to win. Well, they did make it to the final, but it was not our day. And finally, at the start of Euro 2016, we asked for your predictions of who you thought would win. And Germany, Italy and England were your overwhelming choices. And Portugal only got three votes. So we give our congratulations to Paul Truman in Nigeria, Moses in the Gambia and Mamadou Saidu Ba, also in the Gambia, who all correctly predicted that Portugal would win. And this week on WhatsApp and on Facebook, we're asking, who do you think has been the best African in the German Bundesliga ever? Could it be the reigning African footballer of the year, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? Maybe the Ghana striker, Tony Yeboa, or Nigeria's JJ Okocha, or perhaps Ghana defender, Sami Kufour, who played for 12 seasons at Bayern Munich? Or maybe someone else. Tell us who you think's been the best African ever in the Bundesliga. Our WhatsApp number, plus 447955232780. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, the 2016 Rio Olympics are just around the corner, starting in Brazil on the 5th of August, but with the football tournament getting underway two days before the opening ceremony on the 3rd of August. Zimbabwe and South Africa represent Africa in the women's tournament. In the men's, the three African teams are Nigeria, South Africa and Algeria. And as we build up to Rio, we're going to the archives for some stories on the culture of Brazil. Now, Solomon and I were in Rio two years ago for the FIFA World Cup, along with colleagues Tom Ellis and Andy Belos. Now, what would Brazil be without samba music? Tom and Andy went to the home of samba in Rio. We're in Praça Angers, which is in central downtown Rio. And the birth of Brazilian music essentially began with the emergence of samba, which was first heard in this neighbourhood. Immigrants from northeastern Brazil formed a real tightly knit community here, and they adopted a lot of African customs. African customs thrived, including the music and dance. So the 1930s were known as the golden age of the style of music of samba, by which time samba had really spread beyond the working-class neighbourhoods of Rio. Now Rio is home to one of the world's largest carnivals, which happens every year in February. We're standing at the Samba Drome now, which is where carnival takes place and where samba schools from across Rio, there's about 100 of them, come together uh, for a real celebration and a real party. Quite stunning, really. What we've got is almost like a... I would say 200 metres stretch of what is like, a, if you imagine, like a large road. And either side you've got these kind of open, open top stands um, where obviously thousands will, will, would be standing looking at the procession as it goes along this road here. Why do people in Brazil and, and Rio love samba so much? What do you think is so good about it? It joins us together. It, it brings people together from all social classes. That's what carnival is about. We're now just in a CD shop, CD bookshop, just looking through the samba section. Um, Andy, what does samba actually mean, though? 
think it means just a group of friends having a party. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So initially, the word samba meant a group of friends having a party, but by 1920, it becomes specific to the music performed at Carnival here in Rio, where two million people line the streets in February for the procession of the samba schools, and it's a real big party too. We couldn't let you go without a little performance from ourselves, so so this is it, a taste of Rio, samba style. Get ready, Andy. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Very impressive. Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss banging their drum. And Tom and Andy will be in Rio for the Olympics. They'll be sending us stories and we'll be building up to the Olympics football tournament here on the show. And more on the city and the culture of Rio next week here on Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, finally, on the show today, we continue our series looking at the life of former FIFA president Sepp Blatter, who was suspended by FIFA last year amid corruption allegations. FIFA's ethics committee banned Blatter from football for eight years, with the ban later reduced to six years. Well, Sepp Blatter became FIFA president in 1998, and during his 17-year reign, there was huge growth in football. Here's the second part of Stuart's profile of Blatter. Whatever you think of Sepp Blatter, and he is certainly a man who polarises opinions, no one could deny his achievements at FIFA. But again, one has to evaluate his achievements in the light of the manner of his departure. Sepp Blatter joined FIFA in the middle of 1975, and the organisation he joined had 12 staff and was financially very weak. When he left, there were 450 employees and a turnover of a billion dollars a year. He became president 23 years after starting to work there. That is, he joined in 1975 and became president in 1998. And his career at FIFA lasted 41 years, or to be precise, 14,991 days, and it spanned 10 World Cups. In the first year, Blatter did not find life easy at FIFA. He described himself as feeling a bit like an outsider or like the 12th man. And remember, of course, in those days, there was only one substitute in football. Helmut Kayser was the head of FIFA in those days, and there were often clashes between Kayser and Blatter. Helen Peterman, who was Kayser's assistant and later worked for Blatter, said, Kayser was a very conservative person and he simply couldn't cope with Sepp Blatter's new ideas. Development programs, searching for sponsors were simply not important to Kayser. And she says you could almost touch the animosity between them at times. Peterman goes on, the issues or differences were restricted to Blatter and Kayser and didn't really involve the other members of the executive committee. And even the rest of us as close colleagues weren't involved as we were not part of the decision-making process. Now, I think it's very interesting that one of the two issues that Helen Peterman refers to is sponsorship. When Blatter joined FIFA, it had a worldwide product but no money. Blatter, who had come from the world of commerce and who had been involved with the Olympic Games, instantly saw what no one else before had grasped the financial potential of the World Cup. 
One of the first sponsors was Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola at that time had a very popular product, which was largely unknown outside of America and Western Europe. Blatter saw how the partnership with Coca-Cola could bring in much needed income for FIFA while using the World Cup to raise awareness of Coca-Cola in countries where at that stage they had no presence. That FIFA developed from an organization with 12 staff and no money to a multi-million dollar organization is mainly due to the vision of Sepp Blatter and to his ability to put that vision into practice. Whether he did that honestly and ethically is something we will need to consider. His success in developing the World Cup and initiating a range of other competitions at all age groups, in addition to the Women's World Cup, is, however, without question. Well, so whatever you think about Sepp Blatter, no question, he's the man who made FIFA a huge commercial entity. Thanks a lot, Stuart, and he'll continue the profile of Sepp Blatter on next week's show. Well, that's it for this week, but on WhatsApp and on Facebook, we're asking who do you think has been the best African player ever in the German Bundesliga? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashoms in Nigeria, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.